Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a good day in Jesus. Good day to know the Lord. Good day to be saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of God. And it's good to be the house of God. According to scripture, you're also referred to as the house of God. Amen. Amen. And uh, so praise the Lord. Um, I think what we'll do, we'll go to, we're going to go to, uh, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. We've been, of course, on our midweeks, been working through, you know, ministering on stress-free living, praise God. And uh, I, I'd rather be stress-free than stressful. Anybody else in agreement with that? Amen. Amen. It's desserts backwards. It is. So eat dessert, amen, and don't be stressed. Yeah, turn stress around, eat dessert. Uh, I'm a firm believer you eat the dessert first anyway so you have room for it. Then you shove all the rest of it in around it, amen, praise the Lord. Well, I always feel like ice cream's the best thing because it just kind of fills in all the cracks. Anyway, now I'm not spiritual. I got off, got off now. What's happening? God's good, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'd rather be stress-free. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, um, uh, in talking about being stress-free, of course, every week kind of coming at it different angles and stuff, we spent quite a bit of time uh, recent weeks talking about our personal connection with the Lord. Um, and I believe the last time we talked uh, about it, we were uh, talked about, you know, trusting in, in the Lord and by acknowledging him and uh, and letting him lead, amen. And the more that you let him lead, um, the more of a stress-free life we live, amen. And uh, so anyway, um, today um, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, but another key to stress-free living is, you know, letting him, you know, empower us in every area of our life. Um, the more we're empowered uh, in Him, the more stress-free we become, you know. And the idea behind that is, uh, you know, there's certain areas that, um, certain areas that maybe if we're not really being empowered in Him or powered by Him, however you want to word it, um, we're more apt to make decisions or do things that really create more stress then eliminate stress. It's just facts. It happens. And, and um, uh, so uh, part of the definition of stress uh, brought out last time, um, I'm just going to bring out part of it, but when, when one perceives a threat or a major challenge, it says that stress is how it's defined. It's defined as when one perceives a threat or a major challenge, chemicals or hormones surge through the body, and of course it's the body's defense kicking into high gear. And it's just an automatic process that happens, and then uh, it goes into a thing called fight or flight, uh, some refer to as. It's also referred to as the stress response. But it's just the body's way of protecting itself. And uh, it kind of goes into survival mode. It's just an automatic thing. But the problem is your body ain't made to handle that all the time. And so you can't live stressful because your body can't maintain that. And they say the majority of, of sickness and disease comes out of stress. 
majority of it, not all of it, but the majority of it. Uh, somehow or another, it's, it's linked or related to stress. And so, um, you know, according to the word, we're not, we're not called to live stressful. We're called to live stress-free. Amen. So, um, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, in what he gave for me today, um, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, because of threat or because of uh, a challenge, maybe, a, uh, you know, an overwhelming challenge or a major challenge in your life, something. And, and I, I say, I kind of use that lightly because sometimes for some, depending on how you live, it may not take much of a challenge at all and you're automatically stressing out, you know what I mean? So each person's going to, you know, how they determine what level, you know, uh, the challenge, how what level it's at is kind of based on the individual. But, but regardless, um, I was thinking about this uh, years ago, um, and I can't even remember where, you know, how it, how it came to me. I think I might have heard a minister, you know, back in maybe the late 80s, maybe early 90s or something, make a statement. And it kind of always stuck with me that we're, we're called to be high-impact, low-maintenance Christians. And the more that we let God empower us in areas of our life, the more we become a high impact. In other words, you, you have good effects. Come on, somebody. You're good influence. Come on, high impact. And then low maintenance or, you know, you, know, you don't have to be worked on all the time. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, and so the idea is to let God begin to work things in our life so we become more high impact and we become less you know, maintenance, you know, and uh, so I, I just kind of got to think about this in the area of stress-free living because usually if we're real, you know, for high maintenance and low impact, um, you're probably going to have a lot of stress in your life because there's probably a lot of things all the time bogging you down or pulling you down or pulling at you at least one way or another, and so anyway, I don't say that to try to bring any kind of, uh, you know, negative on anybody. It's just because, really, to be honest, I mean, I was, I was. That's who I was. I was high maintenance and low impact when I first got saved. Come on, somebody, and had a lot of issues and a lot of, and then my issues had issues, and uh, my issues that had issues even had more issues, and it's just kind of how it was, you know. And so, little by little, you let God start working things in you, and little by little, some of those high maintenance areas started turning into low maintenance areas. And those low-impact areas began to turn into high-impact areas. And that's really what we're working toward. And so I was thinking about that in the area of stress-free living uh, because that's really what it's about. The more high-impact, low-maintenance you become, the less, really, the less of stress you're going to have because just because of the fact that you're, you're conquering, you're overcoming. Come on, right? And so it's not as apt to take you under. It's not as apt to create stress. In fact, your stress level... You know, maybe it was low at one time, or I should say maybe high. It's probably a better way of saying it. It was high, and, but the more you began to change things in your life, the, that stress level came down, came down, came down, and that's what we want to work towards. So we're going to talk some about that. Um, and so out of first, uh, or pardon me, Second Peter chapter 1, uh, let's, let's read through, I don't know, about <clears throat> a dozen or so verses here. Let's see. Uh, verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith. Everybody say precious faith. Precious. Uh, who obtained like precious faith with, with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And I'm going to talk about that in a second here. And of Jesus our Lord as his divine power okay, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Okay, All things are, are available here. 
through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, and by which, in other words, through this divine power which has given us all things that pertain to life and God, by which have given, uh, been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, right? Come on. That through these and through these promises, amen, you may be a partaker of the divine nature or the character or the attributes, the you could even say maybe even the personality and the traits of God. Amen. You become a partaker of that divine nature. Uh, having escaped the corruption, the curse or decay or ruin that is in the world through, through lust or out of uh, its, its lusts. Okay. But, here we go, verse 5. But also, for this very reason, okay, because of what was just said, because of these very reasons, giving all diligence. Everybody say diligence. All right. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. We're going to go kind of dissect all that a little bit here. For if these things are yours, now if these things are working in you, okay, if these things are, are flowing and working in your life, uh, then, then you're going to abound, it says, uh, and it says, uh, pardon me, if these things are yours and abound, then you will be neither barren nor unfruitful. In other words, you're going to be fruitful, right? Uh, and it says, in the knowledge of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he who lacks these things, in other words, those that you don't have it working in you, uh, he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that uh, he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent, there's that word diligent again, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, uh, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. That's a good promise. And for so, an entrance, okay, or an open door or an opportunity, all right, will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom. I'm just talking about the kingdom of God, a kingdom rule or reign, okay, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And here we go, verse 12. For this reason, I will not uh, be negligent to remind you always of these things, Though you know and are established in the present truth, yes, I think it is right as long as I, I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. So I kind of felt like that's what I'm doing today is I know that a lot of these things are things that everybody's heard. Um, at least if you've been in this house for any length of time, there's a lot of these subjects here that have been talked on and touched on and ministered uh, you know, by, uh, from behind this pulpit. And uh, so I know you know of some of these things, but what we're here to do today is to remind you, come on, to stir you up by reminding you, amen, hallelujah, that these are things that need to be increased, amen, things that need to be challenged once in a while to take you higher, to, to develop, and through growth and development, amen, you become then that high impact, low maintenance Christian. Thumbs up, emoji, whatever, smile face. Here we go. Are you with me? All right. So anyway, so I'm kind of in a sense what I'm, you know, my heart every time I read this, I feel like I'm doing, all I'm doing is just, uh, you know, doing what, what Peter uh, talked about here and he's, he's writing letters and trying to remind everybody and I'm just here talking about it, trying to remind everybody to stir everybody up, praise God, amen. So let's go uh, back to verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our, of Jesus our Lord. Now, this word, this word knowledge here uh, is actually acknowledgement, okay? It's the, the Greek word there refers to acknowledgement or recognition. Um, it's, it's really similar to the word that we, we studied on 
uh, the last Wednesday I was up here um, out of Proverbs 3, um, that, you know, if you, you know, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, right, uh, then he'll, he'll direct and guide your steps, you know. So um, it's that same thing. It just means to recognize, to acknowledge, uh, to, to really, in a sense, we could just say it this way, just make, make, make movement, make movement toward him. You know what I mean? So if we make movement toward him, amen, we're acknowledging him, we're, we're, we're looking to him, we're recognizing he's our source. Come on, somebody. So this is what, we're, what he's talking about here in these first couple verses. Now, the reason I bring it out is because it's something we're going to talk about here in a minute, and you need to kind of see the difference in this word. In, in the English language, it, it looks the same, but in the Greek, it is not the same. Are you still with me? Okay, so anyway, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, amen, or Jesus our Lord, as his divine power, amen, or you know, the word divine, just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the God power, uh, dunamis is, is the word power there, okay, has given to us all things that pertain to life and God. Now, all things have already been given to us. Recognize that? So everything we're going to talk about today, because in some ways it's a challenge to us to, to, to step up, to go higher. But you have to remember, everything's been offered to you. Everything's, everything's already available to you. Amen. There is nothing that we're talking about that is not really already available to you. Amen. So he's, God is not asking any of us to do anything in our own power. Uh, but yet, at the same time, we have to, you know, we have to make movement toward things. Come on. And that's on our part. But the whole time, if we're leaning on him as we're making movement, amen, in, in, you know, toward him, and leaning toward him, I mean, in the sense of uh, drawing on his ability, drawing on his power, on his wisdom, on his counsel, on his joy, on his peace, amen, that no matter what, what area of your life you're working on and, and addressing, amen, you can do it. Why? Because you have everything readily available to you. Amen. So it's all available to you. That's what he's saying. Amen. Uh, through the knowledge of him, in other words, the same word there, acknowledgement, okay, or recognition, okay, so it's through the, the acknowledgement of him who called us by glory and virtue. Okay, now I know there's a lot more meat in this, but we're kind of, we've got to kind of get down here a little bit. For by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. How many know you got promises been given to you? Amen. Amen. And the more you move toward God, the more you recognize, amen, what's available to you. That's just the facts. Amen. The more you, more you meditate on the word, the more you find out what's available to you. The more you move toward him, the more you find out what's available to you. Come on, somebody. The more you, more you talk with him and commune with him, the more you find out what's available to you. Amen. It's just the facts. So every time you make movement toward him, that's why the word says he draws near to you. And that's really kind of what it's saying. As you make movement toward him, he's making movement towards you. He's showing you what he's got. Amen. God is never holding out on you. Some of you think he might, but he's not holding out on you. Amen. Uh, he never holds out on you. Uh, he's, he's, everything's readily available to you, praise God. So these great and precious promises, it says, through these, uh, you may then be a partaker of a divine nature, a character, okay, his divine character. In other words, he'll, if, you just, if you lean on him and draw on those promises, amen, then it begins to change you. My real big at your neighbor said, I knew you needed some changing. <laughs> uh, we're fighting words sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> you got to watch out. Yeah. But we all need a little changing. Come on, somebody. Now, some of us are changing. There ain't no doubt about it. Amen. In the natural, you know, you, you know, 
I was kind of noticing my peach fuzz had disappeared from the top. I didn't like that. Cut her down short because it kind of made some of the loss of hair go away. But, you know, I know my use being renewed, but my head hadn't figured it out yet. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. So, so anyway, there might be some changing like that going on, but I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about your character being changed. I'm talking about the things, you know, that determine how you live and conduct life and make decisions and all that. The more we got God working in those areas, the more, uh, you know, more of that divine nature we begin to draw from. Amen. Really, is it, you know, in context of what we're dealing with, the, the less stress there's going to be because you're not going to be making choices and decisions that are going to create more stress in your life. Amen. Still with me? All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, that through these you may be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped. I love this. Having escaped. Everybody say escaping. All right. You can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust or through its lust, or it literally means out of, out of its desires. In other words, the world has what the world wants. That's what they're going after. Come on. But the more you begin to change, not only are you becoming in, coming into a divine nature, but you're walking freer and freer and freer from the corruption, the ruin, the decay, the curse that's out there trying to pull at you. And the more of that you can get away from, the freer you become. I said the freer you become. Amen. So let's go down here to verse 5. All right. And like I said, I know there's a whole lot more meat in that, but, uh, but we're going to kind of get down here. So he says, but also, okay, so in other words, he's adding to this, that, okay, all this is readily available. He's trying to let you know, but also for this very reason, okay, trying to show the importance of something here. For this very reason, giving all diligence, again, the word diligence, let's define it here, um, the word diligence means an earnestness or a due attention. In other words, giving due attention to something. It means a steady application uh, or a constant effort to accomplish something. So he's telling us here, let's, 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 put some, let's give some attention to these things. Let's begin uh, to um, you know, put some steady application to something. Amen. And in this case, he says to add to something. Begin adding something. To your life. Are you still with me? So in other words, it's, you got to stick with this. You know, you know, once you, you know, you get saved and, uh, you know, how many know it, it's a wonderful thing. You got born again, one of the greatest, greatest things that could ever happen to a human being. Uh, but, you know, it didn't stop there. Now, you're not trying to earn, uh, you know, earn, you know, your, you know, your place in God. You're not trying to, uh, you know, trying to gain acceptance from God. You're not trying to somehow, you know, win God over, uh, because when you got saved, man, it's, it, God's as in love with you as he's ever going to be, and you're as accepted in, in the beloved as you ever were going to be, but what he's saying is that there's, there's this thing called life you got to live now, and even in God, you know, you got, you got things and challenges and things that you got to work through in, in your own life, and, and it's a process. There ain't nothing fun about some of it. I get it. Sometimes some people think process is a four-letter word, but it isn't, uh, you know, and uh, it's, you know, it's more like five or six letters or something. But anyway, uh, the point is that, um, you know, it's, it is a process in some things, and if you keep making movement toward God, as he says, if you keep moving toward God, if you keep drawn from God, 
all that's available, amen, you begin to draw from it, it begins to make change. But you have to put some steady application to it. you got to be willing to spend some time in that word, some time in, in, in intercession and prayer, uh, not only for yourself but for others. You might have to spend some time, who'd have thought, in the house of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. I know who I'm talking to, so you're all here, praise the Lord. And uh, so, but, but not everybody thinks that way. And so, you know, th- these are things that you, you have to make some steady application to it. And he says steady application to add to your faith. Okay, now let's just define that a little bit because uh, to add to is, is kind of a key word. And really, I kinda, that's what I kind of spun off my, my title tonight, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, keep, keep investing in your life, you know. And um, the word add to means to furnish, supply, or to aid. It means to contribute or to distribute, administer, impart, or here we go, to invest in. Because we was talking about you got to continue, you got to be diligent to invest in your life. You got to be diligent to invest in the things of God in your life, around your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, even investing in the kingdom itself, amen, is about, in, you know, is, is also investing in you because the more you invest in the kingdom, the more there's a harvest coming your way. I mean, and all of it really is making adjustment and change in your life. But you have to apply yourself. We've got a lot of people get saved. They never, they never make an investment in themselves. They never, they never go anywhere with it. And, and that's a sad thing because there's so much readily available. You know, he just, he, he just needs his people to move toward him. You know, and so, so it says here, invest in your faith virtue. Now, what faith? Okay, first off, okay, because in context, he's talking about your faith and what he just got in talking about. Okay, so, you know, so, you know, you, you have to believe in what he said. Okay, that, that everything's readily available, that in, even in these promises, it's, it's there to, to, to empower you, to, it's there to change you, amen. All of that's there, and you've got to believe in that. You've got to rely on that. You've got to depend on that. Come on, somebody. I mean, you've got to trust in that, that faith, that word pistis, okay, Greek word, which just means to believe in or rely on or depend on, to, to trust in, amen. And so you've got to trust that what God started in you, he'll finish. You've got to trust that he's your source. You've got to trust, amen, that those promises are there and they'll work every time if you if you're just press in for it, praise God. Amen. Now you may feel like, well, I'm not changing. Nothing's changing in my life. Man, just keep moving forward because it will change. Amen. Just keep moving forward. And so, you know, when you think about faith in itself, you know, uh, you know faith just says, you know, the scripture says in Hebrews 10 that, that faith, you know, comes by hearing and hearing by that word. So, so you know, if you keep hearing it, especially in context, you keep drawing on this and what, what, you know, everything's readily available. I keep leaning on God. He's my source. As you be, keep doing that, as you keep drawing on that word, amen, faith comes and your faith increases. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's how you add to your faith. But here it says add to your faith virtue. Okay. So he's assuming you already got some faith going on. So he wants to add to your faith something. So in other words, I, I got to have you do more than just believe Believe in all this. Come on now. We, got, we need something called virtue. Everybody say virtue. You know, we kind of have a, you know, an idea what that means, but uh, the word virtue is defined as virtuousness or valor or excellence. Even means, uh, these are just some of the synonyms, uh, noble distinction or better quality. 
Put, uh, put like verse, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, put that one up on the board if you will. Let's do that. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, please. Uh, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, uh, always abounding. Everybody say abounding. Okay, that's kind of the same word here. Always abounding, okay, excelling. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Did I give you the Amplified on that one? Do you have that one? Put that up there. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Here we go. Always being superior. Um, excelling, uh, doing more than enough. That's really what it's referring to here. When we're talking about, uh, you know, virtue, we're talking about valor, we're talking about, you know, excelling. Um, it's, about, it's about being willing to, to do more than enough. A lot of people say, that's enough. Right? Come on, right? That's enough, you know. I've had a guy one time who was helping me at the church one time. He said, that's good enough for gospel. And I thought, what the heck? What do you mean by that? Well, it's just a saying. Well, don't say it in my church. <laughs> right? Because it ain't, it's never good enough for gospel. I mean, Jesus paid a price. Amen. Come on, somebody. And we don't just halfway do things. Now, granted, there might be certain things you got to work through, and I get that. But we're about excellence, and that's what you need to do. So he's talking about, you know, you add your faith thing called you know, virtue or excellence, amen. We're called to excel. Uh, Daniel had, the word said, had an excellent spirit. Come on, somebody. We need to have an excellent spirit, right? It's key. I mean, we're talking about stress-free living. I mean, if you operate out of excellence, you might eliminate just, just, in, that, just in that alone by adding, by investing, amen, increasing in the area of excellence in your life, amen. You might be amazed how much junk falls off. Some of this stuff that creates more stress just starts falling off. So we're talking about a thing called doing more than enough. If you remember with Daniel, uh, the four, you know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, later they were referred to as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, but it said that they, they were, they had a, they were a ten times better, uh, they had ten times better spirit. Come on, somebody, they were ten times better in what they did. They were ten times better. Why? Because... The word says because of excellence. They excelled, right? So I, I always think about, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm not just doing this halfway. Come on, somebody. Um, so, so I believe that there are areas of our life we can add to in the area of excellence. Okay, so we're adding to our faith. Of course, our faith is increasing. You know, we're adding to it, of course. But we're adding to our faith a thing called virtue or excellence. I think it's key, uh, you know. So, um, you know, I don't want to just I don't want to just believe and say I believe. I want to I want to be able, I want people to see it in my life that I do believe, right? And if we excel, Amen. Uh, I believe they will see it. Okay, it's a do more. You know, when Jesus said, "Go the extra mile," you know, they want you know you know they want you know want you to walk part. Well, you go the whole go the whole distance with them. Well, what is that? That's excellence. That's actually that whole text where he talks about all those different things that, you know, that you can do. You know, they want this. Well, then give them this. Amen. They would like you to do this and then do this for them. It's just go the extra mile. And that's all about excellence. Amen. And you'd be amazed just just by letting that increase, you know, investing, you know, uh, it's about investing in your life. Amen. Adding this, amen, in your life. Increasing this in your life. Now, remember, everything you need is in God. 
everything you need. Have you ever talked to God about something like, you know, excellence? Lord, how can I do it better? Now, that might be a dangerous prayer. Come on, I get it, I get it. Um, because, you know, he'll, when you start talking to him about it, he'll, he'll answer you. You know, he'll talk to you about, you know, that thing you did halfway. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not, God's not, a, he's not critical. He's not, you know, he's not holding anything against you. But he just, you know, when you start, when you start making a decision, a conscious effort of diligence, come on, somebody, toward adding these areas in your life, amen, I guarantee you God will get involved. Amen. And pretty soon, next thing you know, I mean, you're shining. I mean, the word says going from glory to glory. What's that all about? Well, shining you up a little bit more, shining you up a little bit more, shining you up a little bit more. Amen. What are you doing? You're adding to your faith virtue or excellence. Amen. Still with me? All right, let's go back to that verse 5 again. So add to your faith virtue. And then it says add to virtue a thing called knowledge. Now, this is a different word than the ones we've been talking about. Okay, this isn't acknowledgement or recognition. This actually, gnosis, okay, is the Greek word, and it means a knowing or a knowledge or a deeper insight, okay, a greater knowledge of, okay, so it really is talking about, you know, getting better insight or more understanding, more insight, all right? Uh, so um, put, uh, is it Colossians? I think I gave you Colossians 1. Uh, put that up there. And Paul was praying this for the church at Colossae. He said, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a good promise. Ask, now he said here he's asking. You can ask. Amen. He's asking that they may be filled with the knowledge, in other words, greater insight, greater understanding right, of his will. And it says in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I like that. Amen. Verse uh, 10, I might have gave you that too. That you may walk. That's why. Why do, I, why do I want all that? Well, that that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Amen. In other words, satisfying His heart, right? Being fruitful, here we go, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, the point is this. The more, the more you see, it starts changing your life. So when, when he's talking about there in, in 2 Peter, that you're, you're asking uh, for vir- uh, to add to your virtue, add knowledge, amen, so you're getting greater insight, greater understanding. What happens? It starts changing your walk. I said it starts changing your walk. Hallelujah. You become even more, uh, uh, where it says, fully pleasing Him, amen, bringing more satisfaction to God in your life. It's not earning it. It's not earning love from God. It's not trying to acceptance, it ain't nothing to do with that, but when you talk about fully pleasing God, amen, it really comes into a, just a place of bringing more satisfaction, amen, I'd like to satisfy the heart of God, and then being fruitful in every good work, now how many like to be fruitful, amen, that's going to come up here in a little bit again, but being fruitful in every good work, amen, and increasing in the knowledge, of, so fruitful, you become more fruitful in every good work, uh, I guarantee you, man, you're driving stress out, come on somebody, I mean, here comes the increase. Here comes, here comes more of God. Here comes, here comes a great harvest. Here comes things. Things are starting to click and starting to work. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. There's more joy. More. Hallelujah. There's more peace. There's more. I mean, everything just starts increasing. Come on, somebody. Being fruitful in every good work. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're, uh, put, uh, put chapter 3 of Colossians in there. Verse 2, please. Um, common thing, and I'm just thinking about this. Talking about increasing 
in, in the knowledge. So how's that going to happen? Well, first off, you have to put that word in front of you. You have to set your mind on it. Come on, somebody. You got to set your mind on right things. Come on, somebody. So remember now, we're giving now. So uh, through diligence, see, you're adding or you're investing, uh, you know, in your faith, virtue and virtue knowledge. Well, what he's talking about, you know, is it starts setting your mind on the right stuff. That's how you invest in this. Well, I mean, you know, you, you you're praying, you're seeking God for insight, but you gotta you got you gotta also set your mind on the right things. Come on now. I mean, if our mind's going to be in the gutter all day long, well, that's, you know, it's like the guy, you know, he says, well, what do you get when you, when you hang out in the, in the trash can? It's not deep. What do you get? Trash. That ain't hard. I don't know why I always just find trash. Well, get out of the garbage can. What are you doing in the dumpster? Dumpster diving. Juan said he used to do that all the time when he was younger. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, anyway. But a lot of people out there, they dumpster dive. Come on, somebody, what do you find? Well, you find old halfway eaten hamburgers. And other things. You say, well, that's all I ever get to eat is just half, half eaten hamburgers. Why is that? Well, it's because that's where you find them. Come on, somebody. Now, some say, no, I hang out by the back of McDonald's, and they throw out all the good stuff, too. So, whatever. But anyway. <laughs> The point is, that's all you get when you hang out in the garbage. That's what you get. So you got you to remember that when we're talking about putting diligence to this, then it, you know, you're going to have to also purpose to set your mind on the right things. And as you do that, here comes the insight. Here comes the understanding. Here comes uh, you know, uh, a deeper knowledge of who your God is. Come on, somebody. What he has to offer, what he can do. Come on, somebody. Uh, how to handle this, how to handle that. Uh, how to be the husband or wife you're called to be, how to be the parent, how to be, uh, you know, that good friend or that good, uh, you know, that good Christian uh, individual, you know what I mean? And what happens then through all that, then it says that your walk becomes now worthy. Come on, it not right? A walk worthy of him, fully pleasing to him and fruitful in every good work. Why? Because you got your mindset on the right thing. So that's, that's adding to it. That's investing. Amen. So, anyways, I just, you know, you can't, you can't really talk about, you know, you know, increasing in knowledge without somewhere along the line setting your mind on the right thing. Is that right? Yeah. All right, okay. Moving along. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're increasing. All right, so uh, what's the next one? So you add to, this is back to verse 6 now of, of, of 2 Peter 1. So you add then to knowledge a thing called what? Self-control. Now, all of this, remember, all of this, amen, giving all diligence, you're investing in your life, you're increasing in your life, amen, and again, he ain't expecting anybody to do all this in your own power, but he does expect you to apply yourself to it, all right? He does expect that, all right? So, to knowledge, he says self-control, so a self-control thing. Now, uh, I don't know that I need to spend a whole lot of time on self-control, or maybe I do, uh, but we spent quite a bit of time on that on Sunday. So I would, you know, if we want a little bit more, you grab that message, because um, we talked about running your race, and a big part of that is about temperance. Amen? And this word here is that same word, self-control, temperance, or uh, self-restraint, meaning more restraint or a tighter discipline, okay? 
And I put down the references in 1 Corinthians 9, but we had, we'd really we'd spent a lot of time on that Sunday. Um, so I don't know that we need us to go through all that again. But, but if you're going to run your race and obtain the prize, uh, you're going to have to learn how to be temperate in all things. In other words, or extra, exercise self-control or self-restraint. So uh, you've got you to gotta, you gotta be diligent to invest in your life in that area. So sometimes it means, okay, I'm going to shore up that area of my life a little bit. Come on, somebody. I don't need to be so all over the map here in this area. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to some, show some restraint here. And I think, you know, one of the things, I, I might even have said this on Sunday, but uh, one of the words that's opposite um, we see as part of the works of the flesh is a thing called lasciviousness or licentiousness. And it just means having no restraint. You're just, you just do whatever, whatever you feel you do, whatever you think you say, I ah, just do everything. But there's just, that's lasciviousness. It's the works of the flesh. So he says, you know, we, we need to do the opposite, start shoring those areas up. Amen. Discipline ourselves, you know, not to, not to go down that road, not to think those thoughts, not to, not to say those things, not to act that way. Come on, somebody. And you've got to apply yourself a little bit to that. Catch yourself on that. And, and again, God will help you with it. God, help me with that. You know, it's like Paul says, you know, put a guard over my mouth, put a watch over the doors of my lips. He asked God to help him with that. You think God helped him with it? He helped him with it, you know, because sometimes we need help with it. So what are you doing? It's, it's about restraint, about temperance. Amen. It's, a, it's about self-control. Amen. You know, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to get caught up in those conversations. I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to be uh, depressed all the time or whatever. You know, I'm going I'm to start changing that. Amen. Adjust that. Amen. Lord, help me in that area. Praise God. Amen. I'm drawing on your ability. Holy Ghost, amen. Uh, arrest me when I start going down that road. You know, let me know. I'm, you know, put that check in my spirit. Amen. But then you got to be willing to follow the check when it comes. When that witness comes, like, ah, you got to go, whoa, 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 break. Sorry, I, I don't go there. That ain't what I do. That's not what I say. That's not how I act. Come on, somebody. One of the things I always encourage, you know, it's a good idea. You know, when you cross lines, it's a good idea to stop once in a while and apologize. And you say, I hate apologizing. Well, of course. You, keep, you do that enough, you'll stop. I hate it too, but every now and then it's necessary. And if anything, I'll at least apologize to my Lord, because I, I mean, I'll stop and say, Lord, I know better than that. I know. I know I'm thinking on something I shouldn't be thinking on. I apologize. You know, I know better than that. You know, or I've meant something, you know, get frustrated and say do or whatever. And, and so, you know, sometimes it's just doing what's necessary. What are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm investing, adding to my life. Amen. I'm adding to my life some self-control and doing what it takes because in the end, listen, if it, every if you really stop and think about it, every good investment pays out good dividends. So what you're trying to do is invest in your life, amen, by, by being diligent, amen, in these areas, showing some steady application to some things, amen. And again, uh, you know, if you're doing all this in your own power, then you're just going to stress yourself out trying to be better. Come on, somebody, or go higher. That ain't, that ain't how it works. So we're talking about leaning on God. He's your source. 
Amen. And, and, and drawing on that, praise God. And God's so merciful. You know, when you hang out with God, when you, especially when you're working on these areas, and, you know, I mean, if you were anything like I was, you needed mercy about, you know, every three minutes. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe some of you don't, but I, that was me, okay? That's just where I was just out of control in some areas. So Spirit of God just, you know, I, I, you know he got to working on me and I, because I asked him to. And, uh, you know, if you don't ask him to, he ain't going to violate you. If you want to stay out of control, he'll let you be out of control. But, you know, I, I was trying to change because I didn't like who I was. I didn't like how I sounded. I didn't like how, what, you know, who I had become or whatever. And so, uh, you know, as I let him work on me, you know, it felt like, you know, it was just like a daily process. I was just constantly chipping away at, you know, something in my life. And it felt like I was constantly being worked on. And, uh, and I praise the Lord. You know, he just tried to stay with it, stick with it, and do everything that I knew to do and, uh, and talk with the Lord. That's kind of where a lot of my relationship with him began to develop is just communing with him every day about it. Um, and mostly I was mad at myself. I got mad at myself a lot because I, I did it again, said it again. Oh, I got mad again. Then I get mad at myself. Okay, maybe you can't relate. But anyway, that was me. And so it was constant, you know, feel like the Lord, you know. So I, I had to lean on the mercy. I had to lean on the blood. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but the whole time as I continued to do it, yeah, I was investing. I believe it paid some good dividends. I haven't arrived, but some of you can really attest to that. But anyway, um, but I'm gaining. After about another 100 years, I should be there. Hallelujah. Anyway, so it's about, you know, adding to it and keep working on some, a thing called self-control. All right, what's it, what do you add to self-control then? Perseverance. Okay, that's necessary, right? The word perseverance actually, uh, I, think your, I think your old King James will use the word patience. It's that same, hupobone, uh, I believe, is the, is the Greek word. And it's patience, um, endurance. A lot of times it's used endurance. Sometimes abide or remain or continue are some uh, other words used. Um, but here it's in New King James used uh, perseverance. But it just means to be consistent or constant. So that's so you're adding to it. So you're learning how to be consistent and be constant with it. it in, in consistency lies the power. In patience lies the power. Come on, somebody. So the more you stay consistent with it, amen, the more it begins to develop and work in your life. And it pays out dividends. But you you, you got to add to it. you got to be diligent with that, right? Come on. Um, you know, sometimes you work it, and then sometimes, you know, like I was telling you, you know, you can get upset or mad because you slip, and pretty soon, you know, in the beginning, it was more like, oh, I just can't do this. Oh, I can't. Oh, God, it's Christian stuff. I remember one time, <laughs> Jesse Duplantis was talking with Brother Copeland, and they were, uh, they were on a motorcycle ride, and, and uh, you know, they had been talking and learning about the power of the tongue, and, and or at least Jesse had been you know, kind of his new new revelation to him. Uh, and uh, so he's going along, and something happened with the motorcycle, and he just, oh, this piece of junk, and blah, blah, blah. Or some Brother Copeland right there, you know. And then he's, and he grabs his mouth, and he, he goes, oh, this, this confession stuff's killing me. 
like, yeah, and Copeland just shakes his head and smiles at him, you know, but, but it was just funny because, you know, it's a, you got to be consistent with it, right? Come on, somebody. And so you got to stay with it. Amen. So sometimes, you know, you're going along and you think, ah, oh, am I ever going to get this? But if you just stay with it, just stick with it, what are you doing? You're investing in yourself. Come on, it'll work. It'll come. Amen. If you lean on him, trust him, this thing will change. It'll, it'll happen. It'll go. Praise God. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Is anybody working on anything in their life right now? Amen. Amen. All right. That's good because we need to. Amen. Uh, so perseverance, right? Uh, I, I put, uh, let's see what I, I put like, uh, uh, I put James 1, 4, put that on the board. I've been kind of skipping some of these references, but let's. James 1, 4, uh, this is toward the end, of course, talking about, you know, patience, uh, you know, coming and developing in your life. Let patience inhabit its, its perfect work. Let that, let that thing called consistency or constancy, endurance, let it have its perfect work. In other words, let it keep, let it keep working in your life. And it says, and what will happen, you'll come to a place of being perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I love that verse. I love the second half of that verse. Anybody else with me on that one? I love the second half of that verse. Well, you can't have the second half of that verse without the first half of that verse, right? you gotta, you got to let this thing work. Amen. You stick with it. And some days uh, it looks like it's happening, and some days it may not for a little bit. Come on, somebody. But if you stay with it and you keep adding to it, praise God. You stay with it. You stick with it, praise God. Pretty soon this thing's flowing. It's working, praise God. And all of a sudden that area of your life, amen, is coming into check, praise God, and it's starting to produce something. You come into a place of being perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Somebody say amen. amen. Give me the one out of uh, Hebrews. I think I had a Hebrews 10 reference in this. I believe I did. Hebrews 10. Is that what I put? Uh, yes, verse 36. Did I give you that one? Hebrews 10, 36. Anyway, just again, talking about, uh, you know, endurance and patience. Let me go to it here. I'll back up here in a minute. Uh, if I didn't give you that reference, I apologize. Hebrews, oh, you got it? Okay, Hebrews 10, 36, for we have need of endurance. That's that same, same word, hupomone. Uh, we have need of endurance so that after we have done the will of God, we may receive the promise. So now you stay with it, you stick with it. You know, in earlier references it says until the end. Amen, stick it out till the end. Stay with it. If you stay with it, you receive your promise, praise God. Amen. If you're faith, you know, through faith and Patience, right? Come on, sticking with it, stick to itiveness. Amen. Staying with it, consistency, constancy. You're staying with it. Praise God. If you stay with it, you always receive the promise. So whatever it is you're believing for, He's saying, if you keep adding this, you stay with it. Amen. You keep adding to this area. You stay with it. 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 Amen. It'll come. It'll work. Praise God. That's good news, ain't it? All right. So let's go to the next one. What do you What do you add to uh, perseverance? Godliness, all right, so godliness, so let me get back to my text here, so uh, godliness, all right, so what is godliness, well the word uh, godliness is defined as, let's see here, uh, godlikeness, another way of saying it, um, holiness is, is kind of mixes into this, but it means exemplifying godlike character, okay, so we want to we become more godlike or Christlike, maybe another way of saying it, right? Okay, well, he was the light, so we're called to be the light. So I, what I did is I just pulled a couple references concerning uh, being the light. Um, Ephesians, uh, pardon me, Matthew 5, let's put that, Matthew 5 and 16. Um, we'll put the one that, that uh, talking about uh, being the light. Here we go. Uh, how many know you're the light? 
Light of the world. Come on. Now, what is that talking about? It's talking about being Christ-like, being seen. So the Christ-likeness. Come on. People, people are looking at you. People say, I wish they, you know, I don't want people judging me. Well, they're, they're already judging you. They're going to keep judging you because they, they, you know, I, well, I don't want them looking at me. Well, too bad. It's too late. They're already looking at you. Everybody, everybody, somebody, somebody's got somebody, you know, looking at them. Come on, somebody. Somebody's watching your life. And uh, we may not like it, so, uh, but it doesn't mean that you, you know, get mad. You just give them something good to look at. So let your light so shine before men uh, that they may see your good works. And what will happen then? It will bring glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. Uh, put the Ephesians 5, and I think it's verse 8. Thank you. Uh, for you were once darkness. Amen. But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Amen. So make a decision to walk away from the dark, come into the light, stay in the light. Jesus said, you know, follow me. Amen. And so he, he just got in telling him, he says, I, I, I'm the light of the world. He said, now follow me. Amen. Just, you know, jump, jump in line here. Let's do it. Amen. So be Christ-like or God-like. Amen. Uh, you know, just as, means just being, being the light. Amen. So uh, can anybody use a little more help in that area? So what do you do then? Well, give some diligence to that, okay? What can I do to be, you know, a little better at this, you know? Uh, well, you know, and um, again, you know, maybe he's working on an attitude thing or maybe he's working on how you uh, say things or how you conduct things or how you, you know, respond to things or, or whatever. But the bottom line is there's always kind of areas of our life that can be shined up or, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, buffed out. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes, um, you know, the word says iron sharpening iron, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's because of people around us, and sometimes what we'd rather do is just avoid everybody that makes us uncomfortable or, or say or do things we wish we wouldn't say or do. And, you know, we think that's the best way to do it, just avoid everybody, and pretty soon we're living in a cave, eating canned beans and... and um, Come on, somebody, because it, it, no matter what, you know, it's still an internal thing, and no matter who you're around. You know, I use this as an illustration. I ain't going to use names, but, you know, this, this gal was, she was a pain in, anyway. <laughs> it just seemed like you always had some issue, something, and she just was a burr under my saddle. And uh, uh, she... I, every time I see her, I, I want to walk the other way. And, uh, and so the Spirit of God dealt with me. He said, uh, you know, because what it did is it brought the worst out of me. That was the bottom line. I found myself getting angry. Said, Ugh, just go to some other church. I never said that, but I thought it. <laughs> I might have voiced it to Trudy. But anyway, um, it wasn't Trudy, by the way. I just want you all to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a gal in the church, and I was hoping she was going to go to another another church. So anyway, the point was, the Spirit of God says, um, have you prayed for her lately? I'm thinking, I don't even want to think about it, <laughs> let alone pray for her. I'm the pastor, right? <laughs> okay. And I thought, yeah, you're right, I was convicted, and... Um, so I started praying for her, and man, all of a sudden, come on, listen, all of a sudden, a love rose up in my heart for her, 
and I, I began to look at her different. I began to, you know, to see her for how God had made her, and I began to see her qualities, began to see, uh, you know, how God designed her, amen, for, you know, her gifts. And, I, I, of course, you know, all I was seeing before was just her weaknesses. Come on, somebody. But she had strengths, amen, uh, to offer the body of Christ. And all of a sudden, my attitude to her, toward her changed. And when that changed, that was me that changed. It, she didn't change. I changed. And when I changed, all of a sudden, my attitude got better. How I responded, how I reacted to her got better. Come on, somebody. I didn't hate myself after I walked away from her. Come on, somebody, because of how I responded and reacted toward her. Are you still with me? Aren't you glad you're not up here preaching on this? You have to tell all your faults. Amen. Anyway, but anyway, praise God. So, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, adding a thing called godliness in our life. And so sometimes there's certain areas of your life that, that need to be shored up and you need to give a little attention to it. That's all. All right, right? So everybody say invest in yourself a little bit. Come on. All right, let's go. What do you add to godliness now? Uh, brotherly kindness, right? Is that right? So we're back to verse, was it verse 7 now? Uh, you add to godliness, brotherly kindness. So brotherly kindness, what, that's defined as uh, fraternal affection or a mature family attachment. That's how it's defined. Um, so uh, what I did is I put, uh, uh, what came to me was Colossians uh, 3. Um, if, you, if you got that reference, put it up. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. And it just says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, it said, put on this thing called tender mercies. Come on. And it says, kindness. Everybody say, put it on. Put on. <laughs> you know, you got to put it on. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to put it on. You got to put it on, right? I mean, so as the elect of God, and that's how he refers to you as the elect of God. Amen. God's chosen. God's, come on. God's favored. Come on. He says, you know, holy and beloved, amen, accepted, see. But he says you got to put on these things, okay, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Really, it comes down to this, this brotherly, uh, what is the word he uses? Brotherly kindness is kind of, it's what he's talking about, bearing with one another. Oh, man, yeah, come on. But you got to put this on. If you don't, you know, it literally means like to clothe oneself, you know to slip into a garment, so to speak. So you're putting on this thing called kindness. Come on, this thing called, uh, you know, compassion and, and you know, learning how uh, to bear with one another, to forgive one another. Amen. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You know, he didn't say that there isn't complaints or a reason for a complaint. He says if anyone has a complaint, he didn't say it, it wasn't, he said, you know, you should have no complaints. It's not, he says, yeah, there probably is a complaint. <laughs> Nobody, okay, anyway. I mean, sometimes it's like legitimate. You have a legitimate complaint. Come on. But he says, listen, okay, even as Christ forgave you. Now, listen, you've got to be diligent to put this on. It just did not go over very good today, did it? You got to put this on. Okay, uh, yeah, that thing happened. It shouldn't have happened. It uh, shouldn't have, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you ever been guilty of that kind of stuff? Had you ever said something you shouldn't have said? Had you ever acted in a way you shouldn't have acted? 
Uh, you ever did something you wish you wouldn't have done? Did Christ forgive you? Well, then you got to do that. Sometimes just because, why? Just because that's what Christ, amen, that's what he did. So I'm adding, amen, to that, that godliness. I'm adding a thing called brotherly kindness. Amen. I'm just going to put it on, amen, and that's what I'm going to do. You know, it was, uh, for me, uh, one of the things that helped my life um, was just the mercy that other people gave me. I remember some of the early Bible studies, you know. When, when, I, when I first took over, uh, you know, Trudy and myself, we took over the youth and, and the church that we were in. I mean, I was, I was, I was dumb as a stump, and I didn't know, didn't know nothing about God other than what I just had been learning. And I'd basically learn something that week, and I'd go in and preach it because that's, that's all I knew. What I heard today, what I heard this morning, I'm going to tell you about it. You know, I just kind of, that's kind of how it was. Well, then it wasn't long, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing a couple Bible studies here. I've been asked me to do a Bible study here and a Bible study there, and oh, my gosh, so many stupid things I did and said. And you just learning, but it was the people that were in those Bible studies that were merciful. They had compassion on me because <laughs> I needed it. Yeah. Some of those days I think, oh, I just want to go bury my head in the sand. Good night. Can't believe I said that. Can't believe I did that or thought that or whatever. And, you know, it was people's mercy, people's compassion that saw something in me that even at times I wasn't seeing. Come on, somebody. And so bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Amen. Now, you know. I'm making myself tonight out as a really bad guy at one time, I guess. But, you know, but it was this constantly it, that what, what worked in my life was being diligent to comp- continue to invest in these areas and to just keep going. You know, I've said it many times from behind this pulpit and other pulpits that, you know, sometimes the only thing that I can even remotely take any kind of credit for was my willingness to put one foot in front of the other. And even at that, you know, it's, you know, you know, I don't know how much of that I can even take credit for. But the bottom line was that's the only thing I, because I was doing it wrong, saying it wrong, acting it wrong, and, but I just kept going, kept doing, and what you're doing is you're investing because you're making adjustments, you're making changes, you're growing, amen, you're applying yourself, and as you did, praise God, you know, I kind of cleaned up pretty good. Well, not too bad anyway. Anyway, you know, I'm a lot better anyway. Okay, so anyway, so praise the Lord. So uh, verse 14, let's go ahead and put that up there. That's Colossians 3.14. But above all these things, here we go, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So what was the next thing after the brotherly kindness was what? Love. That was another thing you got to add to it. So you add to brotherly kindness some love, this thing called love, all right, agape, all right? So this unconditional love, amen, this unconditional giving. That's really all love is about is that love is about a giving, an unconditional giving unto some. You just, that's what God, for God so, right, an unconditional giving, amen. Uh, you know, and that's, that's how this works. And so, you know, maybe a key verse or a key text would be like, uh, you know, our love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. We can go ahead, verse 4. 
I believe I gave you. Uh, love suffers long, is kind, it doesn't, does not envy. You know, this isn't just something you read at a wedding. <clears throat> right? Come on. Uh, you know, so, you know, uh, it, it's kind, it doesn't envy. I mean, that's pretty key. Um, envy, you know, can be, envy can sink your boat. Uh, you get envious about things, and it's like, no, no, an unconditional love. It's like, you don't, that, you just rejoice with people. Amen. You be grateful something good's happening in their life. Amen. And I always look at it this way, and this, I think it was Brother Andrew Walmack that made a statement one time that kind of, it kind of set home with me, but I always get the picture. When I see somebody else, the blessing of God in their life, I just, I start rejoicing because then I get in line, I'm next. Or somehow in the line, come on somebody. But you get all full of envy and jealous and upset because they're being blessed and you're not. You get out of the line. You got to go back a line. But, you know, love rejoices with them. Anyway, love does not parade itself, right? It's not puffed up or arrogant. It doesn't behave rudely. It does not, what, seek its own, uh, you know, uh, not seek its own, right? does not seek its own, all right? It, it is not provoked. Come on now. It, can, can any of these areas be worked on in your life? Can, again, not to, it's not about beating anybody up. We all, uh, when you get on love, I mean, that's like, you know, that's like the, that's like the high tier, you know what I mean? So, like, to really get love down, it, it takes some work. Come on, somebody. But it takes you applying yourself, amen, and again, if you keep leaning on him, trusting him, he'll help you with all of it, praise God. Um, you know, but, but the word, uh, well, let's, we'll see here in a second. Uh, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, come on. Uh, does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth, praise God. Uh, it bears all things, it believes all things, and hopes all things. Now, it doesn't mean you're, you're, uh, you're naive. It says believe all things. So it means, literally means to believe the best. Okay. Um, hope, hope all things or hope, in, hope for what's good, what's right. Endure all things right. And then verse 8 starts off saying what? Love what? Never fails. And it goes on to talking about, you know, uh, everything else out there can come up short. But love never fails, right? So uh, look at your neighbor and say, love never fails. So let's go back to Second uh, Peter. And uh, verse, verse seven to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And let's, let's bring it home now. Uh, verse eight: For if these things are yours, in other words, if these things are working in you, come on, right? So if these things are working in you, if they're if they're if they're happening in your life, Amen. It says uh, uh, that you will you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge. Of our Lord and Jesus. That, that word there, knowledge, now that goes back to that acknowledgement word. So every, in other words, every time you make movement toward him, I mean, you're not going to come up short. That's what it means, okay? So anyway, uh, you know, if, if you become, you'll, you will become fruitful and productive, okay? Because you're not barren. And not, the word barren means not productive, not effective or efficient. But if you got it working in your life, you become or you become fruitful, amen. You become efficient, you become productive, you become effective. Come on, somebody, and that's how that works. Verse nine: He who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten uh, that he has cleansed or that he was cleansed 
from his old. All that means there that if it's not working, what happens? You begin to forget about who you are and whose you are. And so then all these areas here are, are then are being cut short because you forget who you are and you forget whose you are. And that's all it means. But if you keep adding these, if, you, if you're diligent about, a, a, you know, about investing in yourself and making changes and stuff, you, you're coming into more and more about who you are. And the more you come into who you are and the more you come into whose you are, amen, the more of a revelation of that that happens, I guarantee you, you become more fruitful, more productive, amen. The stress is gone, praise God. Why? Because areas of your life are shifting and changing and increasing and growing and developing, praise God. There's growth and development that happens in your life, praise God. And all of this, amen, at least in the text of what we're talking about in, in this series, uh, is becoming more and more stress-free, praise God. And the more these areas that are working right, the more, the more uh, you know, those, those stressful things begin to be driven out of our life, amen. Maybe, one, maybe at least uh, one more verse or so here. It says, therefore, verse 10, therefore, brethren, uh, be even more diligent uh, to make your call and election sure. In other words, who you are, amen. You, you're finding more and more about who you are, amen. Hallelujah, more and more about, you know, that what God has called you to, what God is moving you towards, all the things that God wants to do in your life. All this becomes more and more alive. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. I think that's a good promise. For so an entrance or an open door or opportunity will be supplied to you abundantly, I love that, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I was talking about literally there, if you keep making movement toward him, keep applying, all of a sudden it pays off good dividends. It pays off good dividends. Amen. That's what we want. So all of a sudden now all kinds, listen, this is what happens. All of a sudden opportunities, doors begin to open. Things begin to happen. You end up in the right place at the right time. You're the one that's walking in the favor. You're the one's walking in the blessing. You're the one that's getting the increase. You're the one that's getting the right job. You're the one's getting the pay increase. You're the one walking in the peace. You're the one walking in the joy. You're the one walking in the power. Come on, somebody. All this stuff begins to happen. And when more and more of that's happening, hey, you got nothing to be stressed out about. Come on, because it's working, man. It's flowing like it should. Praise God. Amen. Did you get something tonight? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on. Amen. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. Amen. I know there's a lot more meat in that, but uh, anyway, I think we at least touched on what we want, needed to touch on. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's good. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor once again. We are blessed uh, just, uh, just to be able to sit down together and, and draw on your word and and uh, I just thank you for ears that heard tonight and hearts that received. And thank you, Lord, for a people of God that are investing. They're adding to themselves. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. All these areas, Lord God, being worked on. And, and Lord, we maybe kind of pray in that dangerous prayer. Lord, uh, you know, Lord, do a great thing in us. Amen. Give us insight. Give us help. Amen. Bring things to our attention. Amen. Hallelujah. Show us things. Reveal things. Amen. And, uh, Lord, our heart is to make the adjustments and the changes uh, where necessary and when necessary, praise God. And so, Father, for that, we give you praise, we give you glory in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. 
We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.